Let's just think for a few minutes about that empty tomb and what it means to us. Let me read you uh, the account uh, from one of the Gospels, one of the historical accounts of what happened that first Easter Sunday morning. This is from Mark, Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, that's the Saturday, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so they may, might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, that's a Sunday morning, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, that was the angel in the cartoon, on the right-hand side. They were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. He is not here. An amazing incredible statement what could that possibly mean for us 2000 years on he is not here it impacts people's lives 2000 years on it would be a massive understatement to say that the ripples are still there they're more like tsunamis it is that big an impact he is not here so what is the impact of that statement well the first one i would say is this Forgiveness is total. The fact that the tomb was empty means the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, is the answer. It's the answer to the greatest human need. The barrier between us and God. The stuff we've done wrong. Sin, the Bible calls it. He really did die for you and for me. And because the tomb was empty, he'd risen from the dead. It's like the stamp of approval, the proof that it worked. It really worked. Psalm 32 in the Bible talks about what does it look like when God forgives. It says this, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Let's just think about what that says for a minute. Why can we say forgiveness is total? Now you're going to need to use your imagination big time. All right. Imagine this piece of paper contains a list of all my sins. That's why you have to imagine, right? Because it would be a bit bigger than this, wouldn't it? be a lot bigger than this you know, it's, look it's got Richard's sins written on the front <laughs> okay the first thing this says is that God does not count your sins against you it's like he acts as though they're just not there that's the first thing it says secondly it says your sins are covered God gets out his heavenly eraser and he starts rubbing out your sins. Not just one or two, but every single entry in the list 
is rubbed out. Thirdly, this says, your sins are forgiven. Literally, that word, it was written in Hebrew originally, means removed, taken away, ripped up, or destroyed. When God forgives, that's what happens to your list of sins. The stuff you've done wrong, the stuff you might feel guilty about, gone completely. So we can say, the empty tomb means the cross really did work and forgiveness is total, complete. The second one is this, friendship is available. A friendship with God, family is available, being part of God's family. That fun cartoon, the story is true. And that curtain in the temple that separated God, the holy God, from people was torn in two from top to bottom. It was about 20 foot tall, that curtain. It was like God reached down from heaven the moment Jesus died on the cross and tore the barrier between him and people in two. And he says, you can come in. You are welcome. You can be part of my family every single day forever. I'll guide you. I'll love you. I'll bring you peace. I'll change your situations. That's what it says. Friendship is available. And thirdly, that empty tomb means this. Forever is secure. I want us to think about this in two ways. The first way is this. I want to tell you a story. A story about a friend of Kate's and mine, Uh, Well, two friends, Fred, that's Fred, and his wife, Liz. Fred was the Lord Mayor of Oxford. We used to live in Oxford, and we got to know him a number of years after he'd been the Lord Mayor and a city councillor, where he'd helped lots of different people in the city. We got to know him when he was in his early 90s, 92 in fact, and he was running with his wife a pensioners club for about 500 pensioners in the city centre. And every week they would run this club in order to help, help people. We got to know him and he heard about the Alpha Course, which was that video we watched. It's an introduction to faith in the 21st century. He said, you know what? I would like some of the people in my club to watch those videos, to do this Alpha Course, to find out about how they can know their forevers, their futures can be secure. So we started it with this pensioners club. And the very first week, the idea is Alpha, you just go you know, gently, gently, softly, softly, let people decide for themselves, not so with Fred. So the first week we're about to start and Fred says to all of the old people there, um, well, we're all getting on a bit, aren't we? He was 92. And if you've not started to think about what's gonna happen to you when you die, well, you jolly well ought to. That's what he said. So it was a bit of an in-your-face start to this alpha. But what we saw over these weeks is that Fred and Liz, they cared for these people so much, one by one they helped them to discover, each one of them, this friendship with God until all of them, except for Fred, had got to know God for themselves and become his friends and knew their future was secure. At that point, it was like when Fred had got everybody in 
then he went for it as well. Sadly, Liz became ill with cancer. And I remember going round to their house. It was actually the last time I spoke to her. The last time she was conscious, she went into a coma. Uh, and she sat next to me on the sofa. And she rested her head on my shoulder. And she said to me, Rich, I don't know what I'd do without Jesus. She knew her future was secure. Fred eventually moved to a nursing home. That's where that picture was taken on his 100th birthday when he got a, the card from the Queen, which he was very chuffed with. He passed away shortly after. I took his funeral. It was packed with all these civic dignitaries because he'd been the Lord Mayor and stuff. But at the end of the day, it was just me by the grave and the coffin was already in the grave. And I just looked down at his coffin and I whispered, I'll see you later, my friend. I will. I'll see him later. His forever is secure. Now that might seem a long way off for some of us, but there will come a day for every single one of us when knowing our forever is secure is enormously important. But you can think about forever being secure in another way as well. That's a subs bench. That's my main experience of playing football at school. <laughs> I wasn't that good. And my main experience was the token five minutes at the end, if I was lucky, and we were winning about 4-0. And they could, they could yeah, take the risk to let me on the pitch. Yeah, and we'd probably end up in the last five years winning 4-3 or something like that. You know? So that was my main experience, the subs bench. There are no subs benches with God. None whatsoever. He's got plans He's got purposes for every single person here because he loves you. And because he loves you, those plans and purposes will be the best plans and purposes you could ever possibly imagine. In fact, they'll be beyond your imagination. That's what he's like. There's no subspenches with him. Your forever is secure as well with him right now in this life. You can experience life in all its fullness. That's what he wants for you. So that's what he is not here means. Forgiveness is total. Friendship is available. And forever is secure. We're going to stand and we're going to sing uh, one more song as we finish. But before we do that, I just want to ask you a question. For some of you, you might think, you know what? I want to know some more about this, that forgiveness could be total, friendship may well be available, and maybe my uh, forever could be secure. You might want to find out more. But if you do, grab one of us at the end. We've just started an Alpha course. It's brilliant. You can have a go at Alpha. But for some of you, you might think, you know what? I know enough. I know enough to take a step of faith to risk it to see if forgiveness really is total, friendship really is available, and my forever really can be secure. I took that step when I was 20 years old, an undergraduate, having come to university as an atheist, and I discovered that that tomb really had been empty on that first Easter Sunday, and this is what it meant. I'm just gonna pray, and if you want to join me in this prayer, this is the prayer I prayed all those years ago, to ask God into my life. 
you feel, you know what, today's my day, I want that, then just quietly pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love for me. I'm sorry that I've done stuff wrong that needs forgiveness. But Jesus, thank you, you died on that cross for me. And I accept that now. And I ask you to forgive me. To rub out, to ignore, and to rip up that list of sin. And Lord Jesus, would you come into my life? Thank you for loving me. And please guide me from now on. Amen. Very simple prayer. But if you prayed that prayer, you connected with what happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus dying on the cross and then that empty tomb is the most powerful, the most important event in human history. If you did pray that prayer, then please come and grab me at the end and we'd like to pray with you some more and well done. Let's stand, shall we, and sing one last song before we finish. Thank you.